0: Welcome back, I'm Kim Bailey, she's Fulianne Rosborn and this is Inside Exec. We're continuing our discussion with Brandon Wilson and following on from the last episode where we talked about transparency. This time we're covering disappointment for leaders and how to recognize it and how to deal with it and how to talk about it.
1: I'll add one other thing too. We talked about taking yourself too seriously but also transparency is also about being... Comfortable with vulnerability. And I dare say it another way, comfortable with growth. <laughs> mm. A lot of people are not comfortable with growth. You know, no. the biggest the biggest saboteurs that we have in our lives, you know, is ourselves. Yeah. We steal opportunities from ourselves, we betray ourselves, we lie to ourselves, we deceive ourselves all the time. And it's because of, of things in our own lives, the beings in our eyes that that we just can't see past, that we try to stop other people from seeing, that, and we we figure out other ways to to sound smart in turning down opportunities for growth because we are afraid of vulnerability. We're afraid Mm -hmm. for you to know some of the things about me. And I think that the undercurrent for that is that we almost equal to the extent that we refuse to talk about sabotage in our lives we are equally as bad when it comes to talking about disappointment. Mm. And every leader will face disappointment and nobody knows how to address it or to deal with it. And, and, and the refusal to talk about disappointment uh, and having the tools needed to assess it with ourselves shuts us down and makes it hard for us to pursue any kind of leadership activity that makes us vulnerable because we're reminded of the lack of equipment that we have to address disappointment in our own
0: lives. So that's the sequel book, is it? Disappointment. So you sabotage first. (laughs) Dealing
1: with leadership disappointment. Like, like, Honestly,
0: I I think that that is the, the next logical step. And, and yeah. you covered the sabotage side of it so well Thank and given so people the tools and given, given them ideas that they can identify themselves, that that's another area that's obviously bubbling to the surface now with the people who are reading the book as well as your own experience. And yeah. sort of that, that it's your responsibility. I'm telling you now.
1: <laughs>
0: well, Let I, me I will, promote I will you take... to writing this book. <laughs> A book disappointment,
1: the book disappointment. <laughs> in our lives it was actually there's a chapter on dealing with disappointment that's in the book it's just one chapter to your to your point so your point is is very well found founded but it's one of the chapters I enjoyed writing most yeah Uh, it's the chapter on disappointment Uh, because it allowed me to to look at the origin of the word disappointment and break down yeah what it really means and and what disappointment is it is the dis is for misaligned, or miss or ill-appointed, and then obviously appoint is the, the assigning of expectations, and so disappointment. Uh, if you look at the word and look at its Latin origins, it roughly translates into ill-appointed expectations. Mm. And so the question that we must ask to become better leaders, especially in wrestling or grappling with disappointment and becoming more self-aware, the question we must ask ourselves is, is, what things are we allowing to assign our expectations? And there are a number of things. Some of those things are the lives of others. This vice president did it this way before me. So if I do it this way, I'm going to have the same success. Yep. And that, that's a recipe that leads always <laughs> to disappointment. Uh, and, and so it's the lives of fantasy. You know, sometimes we are filled with so much hubris and so much self-aggrandizing toxics, toxicity that we have these over-indexed ideas of ourselves as high-flying executives, as capable of snapping fingers and having success manifest itself. That fantasy, if we allow that fantasy to assign our expectations, we're almost always gonna have ill-assigned, ill-appointed expectations. We're gonna find ourselves disappointed. And instead of saying, this is what happened to me, this is why I'm disappointed, we start avoiding the opportunities that sh- that shine a light on those vulnerabilities, mm-hmm. and we we actually see our careers plateauing as a result of it. And people start wondering, whatever happened to that person? Like, I remember, I remember that person was way on the rise. There are a number of reasons, but one reason that that is almost always the, the through thread is an incredibly urgent need to avoid disappointment because I am an achiever and I don't have the skills or the tools needed to deal with that again. So I stay where I am.
0: Uh, Is is it aligned to getting things wrong? Because we're conditioned to, if we get something wrong, then we've done a bad thing and others will be disappointed as well as we're disappointed in the result.
1: Yeah, I, I, I do think that fear of getting things wrong is it may be part of that. Uh, but, you know, we talked about the changing in society. Yeah. I think that that getting things wrong is becoming more and more acceptable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, it, you know, people, people say fail fast, fail yeah. often. Fail is how you get to success. Fail is how you fail is fail this. And, and I, I would actually disagree. I think we give failure way too much credit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, think I, I just think we do. I do think that there's a a generation of leaders who don't mind the failure or the failing because it is becoming more acceptable and more commonplace. The more or the more opportunities we give leaders to or the more grace we give leaders to get after that percentage change or that, Mm -hmm. that difference making. But what I do think it's about, I think it's more about being able to hide the things that make it hard for us to deal with disappointment, the things in our lives, not the actual outcome from the pursuit. Now, think about it. We're dealing with high achievers. Your listeners are high achieving executives, high achieving leaders. So the act of doing is quite natural for them. Even in their retirement, they're going to be doing things in accordance with their legacy. And with doing, there's always going to be winning and losing. There's always going to be ups and downs. I think we're okay with that. I think the disappointment that I'm talking about is anything that shines a light on what I allowed have me incorrectly assign my expectation. What made me choose the wrong spouse? Like, what was that thing? Now, that don't mean I'm not going to date anymore because we're no longer with that person. I'm going to continue to do... But one of the things that just sticks me on my side is that I allowed her good looks to assign what I expected from her.
0: You gift people the qualities that you want them to have that match up with That's something right. that you've already selected. That's right. Yeah.
1: And when we, find, when we find a way, and it's easy once, once we now know the, the formula for doing so, to reduce disappointment in our leadership lives, we need to identify what we are allowing to assign our expectations and to get our expectations out of those banks, to get it out of those banks. If we are driven by those good, get it out of those banks. (laughs) Let's start having a lot more conversation with people so that we start ending up with the right network, with the right spouse, with the, you know, the person who, when I say right, the person that connects more with us. We hire administrative assistants because they have still a track records with other people. That's going to lead to disappointment. We network or hire the assistant twos for us because our CEO said that that person's high potential and maybe they're going to do a great job. That may not be the right person. It may be the person who worked lower down in the organization, but had a broader view of what the operations level looked like. Like, you know, we need to start tapping into ourselves from a self-awareness perspective mm-hmm. in order to become more proficient at uh, understanding How we place ourselves in an organization to continue to be successful, how we unlock the power of collective impact, the drivers that might lead us to bad professional behavior and the things that allow us to get intoxicated with goals to the point where we may blind ourselves and accept and embrace disingenuous promotions. And if we can remove all those those forces out of our lives, then we'll be met with leadership that is true to what we are naturally passionate about. And even Mm -hmm. if it's one or two things, that's okay. Thomas Edison was good at one thing, and he changed the way we communicate. That's (laughs) a
2: good point, because I was thinking while you're talking about a CEO, a leader who self-sabotage. And lose the opportunity or miss the opportunity to grow. Did you find a lot of that is because of the belief that as the leader, they're supposed to know everything. They're supposed to get everything right, which is rubbish because they're human beings <laughs> and they need a team to make these things happen. So I think... If you look at it from that perspective, you concentrating on this and writing the book and across sectors, not just corporate, but not for profit, church, education, et cetera, is a really, really good thing because it's saying to people, no, as the leader, you don't have to be perfect at everything and know all the answers. And that's why you become transparent. You can think of the team. You can choose wisely.
1: Yes, I think that that is part of it, and the other part is that we could easily lose ourselves in the position Mm -hmm. that it's not about how much we know or how little we know about what we do, more so than it will ever be about the expansiveness of our own knowledge with regard to who we are. Mm -hmm. You know, being authentic. Is a superpower and it's something that can easily be lost the, the more uh, responsibilities or power or influence that we have. Mm-hmm. And if we hold on to who we are, that clarity around who we are, we allow ourselves to develop others mm-hmm. um, because they are given access to the way we make decisions, the things that drive us and compel us to wake up every single day. Why our expectations are unyielding and and so important and why the things that I'm asking you to do really matter to not just the organization, but should matter for you because mm. you are a person yeah. who has given your commitment and you should believe in seeing it all the way through. All of that comes from a place of authenticity mm. that, that if, if a leader is really, really self-aware, they will allow themselves to become that person unyieldingly. When you do that, you give yourself the one thing that no leader can ever give themselves. And that one thing is legacy. Legacy is the one thing no leader can give themselves. Legacy is someone who is aware, keenly aware of who they are and who they can become. And they share that generously with others and help them to identify who they truly are and who they truly can become and help them become that person. And when they become that person, people rush to them and say, hey, Nelson Mandela, can you please tell me how is it that you became such an authentic leader who was able to change A, B, and C? And then Nelson Mandela says, let me tell you about my mentor. That's how we achieve legacy. Other people give it to us. And the, mm-hmm. only pl- the only way we can position others to give us legacy is by being self-aware enough, not self so self-important that we are generous without giving our life experiences to others. Yeah. That's how it happens.
0: And I'm going to end on that note because I don't think there's anything better that we could say in terms of what we've covered today. So thank you, Brandon, for thank your you. time. And you managed to get through an hour without having to cough, which is very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Recovery yeah. is on the way.
1: Becoming and I easier. have
0: to say, I have been mesmerised by your accent. I'm just, it's just like music. It's just wonderful. to to. listen <laughs> Well,
1: thank you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you.
0: So thank you, and, and we will put the link to the book and the website at the bottom of the podcast, and we wish you well. You'll let us know when um, the sequel comes out. Yes. Disappointment.
1: You are, you are on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Right.
0: That concludes our discussion with Brandon Wilson. If you haven't listened to Part 1 and 2, I recommend that you use the links down below to listen to those two really interesting discussions with Brandon. But for now, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne. This is Inside Exec.